Welcome to The Jeff Duden Show. I am Jeff Duden, expert entrepreneur and brand builder. I unpack experiences from today's proven visionaries, action takers, and business athletes to understand the perspective, decisions, and fundamentals that can be applied to your life. Topics include pursuit of learning, health and wellness, leadership, entrepreneurship, and much more. And away we go. Welcome back to The Jeff Duden Show. I am Jeff Duden, your host. On The Jeff Duden Show, we unpack experiences of uncommon people so that you may inform your path with their journey. And today on The Jeff Duden Show, I am pleased to introduce Josh Wall. Josh has spent most of his career in the world of franchising and today is considered a seasoned leader in franchise development. He is passionate about relationships, and building strong, durable, and lasting connections that drive shareholder value. He's known for developing strong leaders that carry the brand's visions to a place of excellence. Josh is currently the Chief Franchise Officer of Urban Air. Josh, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Jeff. It's great to be with you. Thanks for having me on it. Awesome. Well, very excited for our time together today. And you have an incredible journey that I'm excited to share with our listeners today, and we'll just jump right into it. And I'd love to hear a little bit of your story on how you grew up and where you grew up. Yeah, you bet, Jeff. And and again, it's great to great to visit with you, and hope hope we'll have some fun this morning. So, yeah, I, I grew up in the North Texas area, Dallas Fort Worth, in a suburb called Roanoke, and my parents, um, my parents and um, kind of grew up in a in a middle class family. Uh, there were six kids. I have a couple of sisters, three brothers, and between my older sister and my youngest brother, we're about ten years apart in age, so we're pretty close. And growing up, we we were uh, in a modest middle class uh, family. So kind of all eight of us in about a two thousand square foot house with a couple of dogs. It was it was tight quarters, but a lot of fun, a lot of energy. How many how and, many bathrooms? <laughs> there were three bathrooms. Thank okay, God. there were three bathrooms. <laughs> I wouldn't have wanted to fight my sisters for for uh, for a bathroom, so it's just the four of us boys had to share one. Um, but it, but it was fantastic, and uh, a lot of where I got my work ethic was from my parents, um, Graydon and Diane. They are uh, excellent people, hard workers, salt of the earth uh, folks, and uh, didn't go to college, but scrapped and did everything they could to uh, provide for us kids and give us a uh, you just make a life for us Jeff so it was it, it was pretty fantastic seeing my dad um, working six days a week uh, growing up he's originally a, a tradesman so um, he was he was a he was a welder by trade and and so coming out of uh, the Northeast I, I was born in Vermont um, which is where dad's from, mom's from New Jersey. We, in the late 70s, early 80s, the economy was really uh, coming undone in the Northeast. So we had to go somewhere where there was opportunity. And so we moved to Texas and uh, dad did anything he could to provide for the family. Just had a, a great mindset just to provide. Um, and and so 
whatever um, I, I, I like to think of um, my work ethic certainly has been learned and what I saw modeled for me in in my parents um, and so coming through dad eventually wound up uh, working at a car dealership as a service advisor he's super mechanically inclined and has a heart to serve people and so he had this great career uh, working at uh, a car dealership and did very well of that and mom originally was a bank teller but then uh, by the time i was in high school um, kind of got a, a first taste in franchising for me uh, mom was trying to gets a um, help bring some income into the family make some help make ends meet and so she became a, a car hop at sonic um and and so that was again showing that hard work and gave me a taste of what it was like for mom to work for a franchisee i later as i was getting older jeff you know work was uh again so important to me and i saw that mom and dad as hard as they worked and really provided for us uh, from a family perspective. Um, we never never had a great deal of want, but, um, or excuse me, never had a great deal of need, but really uh, weren't able to do anything uh, that was really outside of just making ends meet. So I didn't know the term at the time, but I now know the idea of what it means to be a paycheck to paycheck is where we were as a family. I didn't want to be a drain on the family. Jeff, so I, uh, as soon as I could, started cutting grass, um, babysitting, doing anything I could to, to make some money. And by the time um, I, I was 14, I, I went out and, and, and learned about um, that they were paying umpires for Little League baseball games. So, I've, I I've did that. I did that once. It's great, isn't it? You get to. You get no, to... no, it's not. <laughs> It's, you didn't like that, Jeff? Well, it'd be great if it weren't for the parents. <laughs> well, you're right about that. Yeah, I think I blew a call at second base, and um, I, I decided that maybe that wasn't for me. I wasn't, I wasn't a good baseball player. Somehow I got the job. I really wasn't even sure of the rules, to be honest with you, of okay. baseball. And all, I find myself with a little clicker and a blue shirt and a hat. Yeah. And, and, I, and I, you know, they never really asked me if I knew how the game worked. <laughs> so small but, uh, detail, yeah. small detail, right? But you, you show up and you do your best. Uh, but, that's uh, right. but, uh, but go, go ahead. So that's, this is, so it, what's amazing to me is, and I can see it and I can hear it in your voice. You had a good upbringing, a good experience. Yeah. You, you speak, you, you clearly speak kindly of your family, fondly of how you grew up what a great perspective and and yet you now realize that you know it was a paycheck to paycheck situation yeah. as you said but you know isn't that isn't that really a testimony to what what matters most in life it, it really is jeff and 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 i agree I, I, f I feel very fortunate to have the upbringing that i did and and and, and certainly um didn't ever feel like we were making great gains financially, but but mom and dad never lived outside of their means either. And so there were good examples, good role models for us. And yes, I'm still very close with them and my brothers and sisters. And and absolutely, were, uh, that was a formidable time for me uh, just growing up in that close proximity with all eight of us in there. So it was, it was pretty fantastic. 
how did your early entrepreneurial experience having jobs cutting grass yeah for the right reasons for money for yep. to provide to provide basic needs as a 14 year old some of the things that you really wanted to have or to be less of a burden how as you reflect on your early entrepreneurial experience what encouragement would you have for people that would be in that same position what was your what was you what were you thinking yeah, I, I knew um, I, I saw a lot of my uh, saw a lot of my friends playing the baseball game, and so it was it was an interesting juxtaposition that I was I was working I was I was calling a, a baseball game, and my my buddies were actually playing in the game, and that was something that kind of thematically throughout my my young younger years um, I, I was working while others were were playing they were learning on their own they were learning how to how to lead how to be a part of a team these were phenomenal lessons that are very important uh, but it gave me a great education that just in if if we want something we need to be out there willing to work willing to hustle and so my encouragement to be to young entrepreneurs or, or really doesn't doesn't matter the age, but entrepreneurs, people who want to step out, take some risk, you got to be willing to work and hustle for it, unequivocally. Right, right. Good words. Did you ever? Were you ever a little bit? Somebody would come up to the plate. Maybe you had a problem with them at school, and you were a little drunk with power, and maybe you called that strike that was just a little outside the zone. I think. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're in charge. You're in charge when you're <laughs> when you're umping a game. Yeah, it absolutely. It, it was a it was an early test of leadership. Yes. On, when you're in there and you've got your friends, parents, or, or coaches, or, or certainly fans questioning all the calls. Absolutely. Yeah, it was a little a little uh, challenging at times to uh, to to call those games, Jeff. Uh, all yeah, kidding sure. aside, though, I always looked at the kids that were reffing the basketball game or whatever Mm -hmm. and the ability to be uncomfortable and to show up anyway and just to continually go over and over into situations where you're uncomfortable that is a powerful growth opportunity no matter where you are in your career and we learn the most when we're uncomfortable and maybe we're punching a little bit above our weight and trying to uh, yeah, not uh, being being fearful, but going anyway into a situation. It's it's I, I don't know how many people out there listening put that referee cap on or, or did that kind of stuff. My daughter did it in soccer uh-huh. and I'm watching the game and these parents are yelling at my daughter. She's 15 yeah. years old and I, I had to leave. <laughs> I. It's a it's a it's a safe, uh, fun place to to test your metal. It is, um, and I, I I love the idea of our greatest growth opportunities come when we are uncomfortable. And my my kids started school today, and I, just a, about an hour and a half ago, I'm walking them all out. And I told my 13 year old that she's my middle daughter, and I told her, "Hey, it's okay to be uncomfortable. That's where you're going to grow." And so I, I love the the concept that when we challenge ourselves in uncomfortable situations. That's where we get to. That's where we get to grow. That's where we make mistakes, and that's where we can learn wisdom from it. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, I when we when I train 
franchisees and we get to this topic of public speaking mm. and the fight or flight mechanism and you are out the, the reason one of the reasons I've read that people get uncomfortable is because all of the eyes are on you yeah and in a tribal situation when you're inside the group you're safe when you're outside the group and everybody's looking at you potentially something bad is going to happen to you and it triggers this flight mechanism and what the what the coaching to overcome that is you just have to realize that there's nothing fatal going to happen to you that's right up in front of the group or that's behind right. the plate and if you can frame it that way and get comfortable being uncomfortable you have an opportunity to always say yes because yes. when somebody asks us to do something do you want to go speak at this conference do you want to go uh, join this board and you you have to be able to rationalize it and say well regardless of how this goes i'm probably not going to die up there and yeah. and just you know, everybody looking i'm not going to get stones are not going to be thrown at me i won't be beaten with sticks hopefully so that uh that's interesting that you shared that with your daughter and that we gravitated towards that this morning was your Absolutely. daughter or your son uh, daughter, I have three daughters. Okay, so two teenagers and a and a middle schooler. Yeah, okay. absolutely. They, are they treating you well? <laughs> they are. They're a joy. Good. Love them dearly. Awesome, awesome. So you continue to grow up. You're you're 14, and now you're you really have joined part of the workforce. Yeah. What, what happens yeah. next for you? Well, I I did that until I could uh, be hired. So that was a. You know, you do a game, you ump a game, that's usually two to two and a half hours, and was getting paid well for doing that, which was fantastic. Uh, 16, I went to work for Jason's Deli for the local franchisee, and that was fantastic to work frontline food service. Uh, so doing every role on the front line there from cashier to order taker to food prep to uh, to actually their, their first position to... Uh, the the expo role it was fun I loved it Jeff I worked there for two years until I was old enough to wait tables and then pivoted into that and worked for California Pizza Kitchen and there at Jeff at, at CPK I still hold this true this is now 20 plus years ago but it was one of the best training processes I've ever been to been through for a frontline team member and I really tried to grab hold of that for later in my career when I was in franchise training and building some of the fundamental processes that we would teach our front frontline team members at Christian Brothers Automotive and now at Urban Air Adventure Park, um, how to serve people well and how to train a franchisee in a certain process. So it was a lot of fun. Then I, I started um, waiting tables on the side on my off days at uh, the Diamond Club, which is a is a nicer restaurant within the ballpark in Arlington where the Texas Rangers play. And that was a lot of fun because I love, I do love baseball and being a part of that um, in the, in the nineties where the Rangers were starting to get good. It gave me an opportunity to, to learn some fine dining, wearing a, a ridiculously hot linen shirt over black slacks, but uh, but being a um, having a lot of fun in that environment, and then working in more of a, a casual, fast casual environment, it 
at CPK and did that into college. You know, just when I when I went to TCU in Fort Worth, that um, I, I stayed within food service as a side job. My parents, uh, of course, weren't able to. Um, pay for me to go to college, but they, you know, would help whenever they could for, um, little, you know, little things. So student loans, I became all too familiar with student loans and working uh, throughout my college career. And so I, I shifted to waiting tables for at Outback Steakhouse in the evenings and I would take morning classes. And then um, in my sophomore year, I, so Jeff, I was studying uh, political science. Okay. Going into college, I really really thought I was going to go into government, uh, public service. I had my senior year in high school, I'd been elected the uh, president of uh, the state of Texas for um, for student council and had a lot of fun um, serving people and, and getting to know the different high schools around the state and enjoyed that. Thought I would really enjoy serving um, in a public manner. So, um, was studying poli sci, thought I might go to law school post college, and um, applied for an internship at a, a small family-owned company called the Tyson Organization in in downtown Fort Worth. And a gentleman who uh, launched that business, his name is Jerry Tyson, and it was a political consulting firm focused on get out the vote efforts. And so they hired me as an intern my sophomore year, and I worked there. Uh, till after I graduated, um, that and during that time, Jeff was um, really fantastic. Just at the opportunity to learn how to learn how small business works. Number one, uh, number two, really see the inside and outside of campaigning and ballot initiatives, referendum. Um, really seeing the business side of campaigning was was very interesting to me, and. During those three years, Jeff, I learned more about small business than I actually learned about public service because mm. campaigning is not public service. It's, it's really getting elected. And so during that time, um, I started learning a lot about leadership. They, they saw some things in me and, and um, said, hey, Josh, why don't you go out and hire a couple of other interns? They made me a senior intern and started kind of leading and managing that group. Um, and then when I graduated from TCU, they hired me full time and I started, um, I really started selling. Um, they gave me a part of the country to, to begin looking for opportunities with them. As a point of clarification, sure. you're, you're a student. Or were you taking a full class load? I was, yeah. So and, then, I, and you're mm-hmm. working in the in the evenings uh, mm-hmm. in food service, and on top of that, you're interning in this political lobby organization. So you had three things going on. That that's right. So I would I would work. I would do my classes usually eight to eleven, eight to twelve. I'd go drive up downtown, and I would work till about four or five, and then take an evening shift at Outback. Yep. Okay, and and I think there's a lesson inside of that. Uh, personally, I I went to three colleges, and the it was in the middle one that I was became serious, and then at, mm-hmm. at, at Appalachian State where I graduated from, I was serious about it. And when I became serious, and I really looked at my priorities, I was able to participate on a football team uh, as a scholarship athlete and start a business in painting in the summer 
but also really running that business, recruiting, doing the setup, the corporate governance, all of the, the estimating and sales during finals and, and all around that. It's amazing what you can do if you set your mind to do it. I don't absolutely. Maybe maybe I was forced to do it like you were forced to do it. There was yeah. there was economic pressure. I wanted to expand my wardrobe past the five T-shirts I had. Plus the, the two and two amen. had, amen. yeah, amen. Well, and two had bad language on it, so I, <laughs> you know, I could really only wear three. Uh, but but so I, but I think the the point is is there's always time for a side hustle. Yeah. If if the value that you're going to get is going to be accretive to who you are as a person, to who you who you see yourself becoming. If you're around great people that can expand your thinking or inform your values, and really we learn from our experiences and our life is about our experiences and it's choosing to take that extra step and to intern uh, is, I think, critical when you when you talk to people like yourself that have been successful and have made an impact and are making an impact on the world it's typical to look back and see that there were times where they really stretched and they 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 had the energy and you you had the opportunity and you took it and you showed up and I applaud you for that. And I think it's a it's noteworthy to our listeners that you can now there's things that you probably what are some of the things when you made those decisions with great discernment that you that you left off the table? What had to come off the table? What came off the plate? If you want double helping of mashed potatoes, sometimes you can does the vegetables have to slide off. But what yeah. how did you how did you organize your plate and what what was your thinking? Were there other opportunities that you passed on? A- absolutely. Um, there so I was also pretty involved in a couple of key campus organizations, um, one uh, called Frog Camp, TCU or the Horned Frogs. And and so it was a, a camp designed to help incoming freshmen and trans- transfer students adjust to life and build relationships with, with other uh, students on campus. And it was something that I was uh, very involved in and that my, la- my senior year was the executive director for that program. We had 11 camps. Um, at, at TCU. And so that was a lot of fun. I know, Jeff, in retrospect, I, I did not serve as well as I should have as, as the ED. And so um, I, there's some regret that I have even to, you know, a couple of decades later thinking about how I should have served better there. And then socially, I was also involved in an on-campus fraternity and served as our rush chair for for three years was never able to really do much socially with that Um, so it was more of a administrative function and i certainly have some very close relationships uh, from that group but also felt like i missed out on uh several several social aspects so there so just as an example there's a group that i'm I'm friends with from uh, that we still do a, a fantasy football league every single year, and this is 18 years now that uh, we've been doing this league, and they all had a couple of really great trips that they did their senior year, their junior year that um, were summertime where they weren't in class and they were really built around seeing 
a, a new town or a new part of the country, but spending time together, building those relationships, I missed out on those. And so I sit around today and I go, that sounds awesome. That sounds really cool. And I'm excited for them. I'm a, 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 a you know, a, teetsy bit jealous but it's not if i sit there and go if i envy that and say i wish i could have gone and done that that i'm sitting there saying that somehow um they were better for being able to do that or i was better for working instead and that's not the case that's out of regret so i just look at it and go it would have been great to be there because these are my buddies these are my friends and i would love to have some of these same stories that they have but um I absolutely missed out on some of those opportunities for sure. Just deep, to deepen some relationships, Jeff, and that's mm-hmm. relationships are, are very important to me today. And so now it's, I, I covet the time I get to spend with those guys today. And so when we, when we get together, um, I, I love that time together. Yeah. It's, it's not what we have. It's not what we make that makes us who we are. It's what we leave behind. And mm-hmm. so much of what we leave behind is the impact that we've made in other people's lives. When your words are spoken by other people that you've had the chance to pour into or invest into. So it is, it is the relationships. And that's, that is a challenge. It's the, the older I get anyway, the more I realize how important it is to savor the time that you have with people that you care about and to transfer anything that you think you've learned through your experiences that might be helpful to others is is becomes more important as we get older and uh, so I, I I'm with you there you've graduated you've got experience you've got You've you've been trained by some of the great franchise organizations. You've t- you've seen how politics work. You've got more experience than a lot of people that getting right out of college. Where did you? Where did you're looking at the world? It's a clean slate. You haven't made any mistakes yet. <laughs> what you, That's a you, different podcast. Right. Yeah, that's a totally different podcast. Oh, is it? Okay, we can do that one too. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So you're stepping out. You step across yeah. the line into the game of life. Yeah. What do you do? Yeah, so I I was um, – I, I loved working for Jerry and, and his vice president, J.D., and J, J.D. and Jerry were, were early mentors for me. And so I was learning a lot. I – I accepted the role uh, coming on board. I started, they gave me the responsibility for looking for new business on the Western US. And so this is the idea of smiling and dialing. Uh, so this started to come into, uh, coming into my radar. And I realized that uh, it was fun. I enjoyed it. There was an energy, a spark that came from it. I loved it. Uh, had some success with it on bringing new client acquisition and and what that revenue would mean for our firm. Um, at the time that firm was doing about four million dollars a year, and and so that was I was able to make some significant impacts in my uh, my early career there. Um, at the same time, I kept thinking about my my parents, and I I wanted to. Dad had this desire to be a business owner, uh, but he, so his want to was high, his how to was a little low. 
And so he, I, I knew he had this incessant desire to own a business and grow it and, and build something for he and mom and for his, his legacies uh, it, it, as part of the family. And he'd had this 20, 20 plus years of working in the automotive repair. And so I, I learned about this company called Christian Brothers Automotive. And actually through um, a mutual friend recognized that there was a, um, another student at TCU whose father had founded the company. And so I sought him out and said, uh, this is a franchise. Tell me a little bit about your dad's company. And he said, why don't you just meet my dad? And I said, great, that's fantastic. So um, he introduced me to his dad, Mark Carr, and Mark couldn't have been more generous with his time, encouragement. He is a just a entrepreneur through and through, loves being around other entrepreneurs, um, entrepreneurially minded people. And he said, Josh, let's go to lunch. Let's talk about this. So we spent two to almost three hours together at lunch one day. And I hadn't talked with my dad about this at all, but I said, I sat down at Mark and Mark uh, with Mark and sat down for lunch. And he says, um, what do you want to talk about? And I said, well, tell me about this franchise. My, my dad and I, this is me kind of stepping out and going, let me just uh, assume something here. My dad and I are interested in starting a franchise. Uh, and dad would be kind of the operations the mechanic side. I could be on the business development, the marketing and help manage it. Um, and he said, well, Josh, I, I don't allow partnerships in my franchise. And this is, this is 2003. They have, about 21 units, 22 units at this time. He'd been franchising for about six or seven years. Uh, slow control growth, but really select, being very selective with the right uh, franchise candidates. And I said, okay, so no partnerships. I really, I guess I don't have anything else to talk about. And he said, well, just tell me about yourself. And we spent these these hours together, Jeff, and just really connected. Mark is He's an amazing guy, a great visionary, and finished up the lunch. I thanked him for his time, and it was it was great to connect with him. But I went back to the Tyson organization. That was on my long lunch break and went back to work. He calls me out of the blue two weeks later and says, Josh, you've been on my mind since we met. I've got an opening on my staff. I think you would be perfect for the role. Would you – consider moving to Houston and come join my team. I said, well, Mark, thank you. That's, um, I'm, I'm certainly flattered. What's the role? And he said, it's a corporate training role. And I said, training whom? He said, you'd train our new franchisees on how to run their automotive repair businesses. And I said, Mark, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I said, time out. I've never run an automotive repair business before. That's my dad. You know, My dad's uh, serving customers on the service drive. And he goes, no, you don't get it you don't need to have run this business. You know people, you know how to serve people and communicate with people. That's what this job is and that's what I need. And I said, well, let me think about it. We came on board uh, a few months later. And so I, I said, thank you to Jerry, uh, Jerry Tyson uh, for a great education um, at the Tyson organization. And I started my career in franchising with Christian Brothers Automotive in 2003 as a corporate trainer so i was employee number seven jeff and at that time we had 22 units and began growing and so i started 
I started training these franchisees. At first, I just spent I spent several months in in several locations, just learning the business, and just documenting, just taking incessant notes, just just trying to learn, trying to ask questions. And I didn't know automotive repair can be a very blue collar. It is a, a very blue collar business, and my dad's mechanically inclined. I am not. Um, I am not. And so I, I always, I always would joke. Uh, part of I would tell our franchisees, if you ever see me underneath a car, call nine one one. Yeah, lift it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, lift it. <laughs> lift That's it right. off me, <laughs> please. <laughs> uh, so it was a, a great start. I had a lot of fun and and started training our franchisees on our point of sale, our service, uh, just service guest service experience. Um, and, and then in that process, Jeff, um, started getting some great feedback from franchisees and they would go and tell Mark, Hey, really enjoyed working with Josh. It's great. Um, and, and so they, he came to me and said, and Mark too, um, um, was not college educated, but just a, such a smart guy. So street smart, so savvy, uh, very wise. Um, and it, but he used to joke with me, he goes, Hey, Maybe hiring this this college, you know, this young college graduate thing is a good thing. Josh, why don't you go out and hire a couple of other guys just like you and create a team? And so he promoted me to director of training about nine months into my role. And so I went went in and hired a, a couple of other guys who are younger guys that um, we we taught and trained and started leading at that point. And. Jeff, this was a lot of fun for me, and but every single franchisee I would train, I would ask this one uh, question: Is how did you how did you become a franchisee with with Christian Brothers? Why did you select Christian Brothers? How did you how was the process? And they would tell me about the process, and it was always a, a kind of a thoughtful process in their perspective. But they really liked the brand, they liked what we stood for, and they liked the way we served customers. And customers had great satisfaction scores with our brand. And so I started coming back to Mark and saying, Mark, um, how are you selecting the franchisees? And he said, well, it's real simple. I have a, a couple of phone conversations with them, an in-person meeting. We, I take them to lunch. Uh, that's, that's a Christian company, Jeff, so there's typically a, a prayer involved. And he said, but ultimately, I, I don't put any pressure on them. I want them to make the decision on whether or not this is right for them. And I said, great can I watch you do that? And he said, well, what do you mean? And I said, I want to learn. I, I, I just want to watch how you do it. And he goes, well, I guess so. That's fine. And, and so he said, come on in my office. <laughs> it was really funny. He said, don't, don't say a word, Josh. I don't want you talking in there. I go, I'm not going to say a word zip, but I've got my legal pad out there and I'm just taking notes. And he was so good. He's so great with people you know, connects with people very well, goes right to their heart, talks about their concerns. So these are these are men and women who are typically coming from a corporate refugee standpoint. So they're coming out and saying, I want to be my own boss. I want to I want to drive the ship. I want the opportunity to succeed or fail on my own. This is what I want. Christian Brothers looks like a great fit for me, but I want to learn. And so they and Mark would spend lots of time with them. Mm -hmm. And this theme kept um, coming out of these meetings. And then I would turn around and when they became franchisees, our team would train them and we would launch the launch the, the unit. And so I started asking questions. Mark, I, I see you ask these same questions each time. 
the system. You know, there's a process here. I said, what would happen if we got some of this information prior to them coming in? And he said, well, I guess that would be helpful, but that's different than the way I've been doing it. And I said, would that be, do you feel like there, there'd be value there for you and value for the candidate? And he said, I suppose so. He said, why don't you try it? So then I would start pre-screening candidates prior to their arrival coming in. It saved Mark some time and energy, which he appreciated. Um, and then also he realized when he was meeting with them, they were well prepared. They had more thoughtful questions that we could we could dig a little deeper, Jeff, mm -hmm. than kind of surface level aspects. And lo and behold, a few months later, a few more times that we weren't we were having what we now or what we now in most of my career have called Discovery Day, um, that that process began um, to evolve and and then mark started asking me to move where i sat in his office and then he said what it, i would after our our conversation with a candidate he would say why don't you bring that up in our next interview with the next candidate and i said okay pretty soon he and i were interviewing the candidates together and then from there started fielding a hundred percent of our incoming leads on top of our my training responsibilities, but I was having a lot of fun getting to know people who were interested in business ownership and immediately starting to see parallels between those who this was the right fit for as a brand or a concept. And then those that this was the right fit for, and I'm meaning just business ownership in general, because it's, I think you and I would agree on this, Jeff, business ownership is not right for everybody. It's, and so, there's got to be a process of discernment on both the candidate side, but also on the on the brand side to steward that process to ensure we've got the right fit for them. And I, I was having a heck of a time, a lot of fun with this. And, and and so just as I as I progressed, I would always just be asking more and more questions. Um, the he after a certain point, I started developing additional steps. And this is about 2006. And I learned about this organization called the International Franchise Association. At the time, Christian Brothers was not a part of it. I went to him and said, hey, there's this there's a whole trade organization just for franchising out there. And we're we were qualified or we would be classified as an emerging brand at the time. And we had fewer than 30 locations open and operating. And Mark said, um, yeah, this sounds interesting, but we didn't have a lot of money. Why don't you see if you can shoestring this thing? And so I went to the first IFA conference for me um, in 2006. And during that time, I just was blown away, Jeff, just at the amount of information, resources, the network that was there. I came back with, oh gosh, 15, 20 pages of notes from that conference. And it was funny, I would sit down with each, each of our team members and go, okay, this is gonna sound like you're doing everything wrong and I don't mean it to, but we've got some opportunity here. Let's dig into it. Uh, you had a, a day after conference genius attack. Yeah. <laughs> and it's your staff just has to learn to hang on to their chairs. Yeah. And let you calm down a little bit after you've 
you know, inform them with everything you've learned and, and all the new things that they're going to now have to do based That's on right. what people told you. But I would wholeheartedly agree that the IFA and the people that have poured into the IFA are open to share their knowledgeable yeah. people. There's mentors everywhere just yeah. for the asking. If you show up humbly and and you're open, you will find people that will tell you important things that can really shape your career or shape the company that you're building or the company that you're with. So I, I share your thoughts and, and appreciation for that organization. Absolutely. I, and um, appreciate that, Jeff. It's, it's a wealth of information. And I, I think you hit on a key that going into that and being humble about it, having a humble spirit mm-hmm. means we're, we're listening first. We're asking a lot of questions. We're, we're thanking people for sharing that information. And we're trying to find out what we can, what we can actually apply in our roles or our brands or our concepts. And yeah, it's, it's, it's been fantastic. I later, a couple of years later, we invested, the company shared with me an investment to become a certified franchise executive. And that's something that um, I've, I've, I've held current since 2009 when I, when I received that. But during that time, Jeff, I, I was just having so much fun in, 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 I mean, it's all about entrepreneurship and franchising and helping people get into business for themselves. And we were not our, our typical candidates were corporate refugees, were people who were saying, I would like to raise my hand and I want to be a business owner. Um, I wound up awarding a franchise to my parents after oh. I went to Christian Brothers. I. I still stuck with this idea. I thought it would be very good for my parents and they opened their business in 2007. So they just celebrated 13 years in business and are doing a phenomenal job. And I'm, I'm so proud of them. Oh, congratulations um, to them. And it's gone yeah, well. It has. It's, it's gone very well for them. And, um, and it, would you say it's changed their life in a positive way? It absolutely has changed your life in a positive way, Jeff. Oh, They're, that's what yeah. a great story. What a great story. And you were the catalyst. Well, I, I got to play a part in it. In a way. Um, it was, yeah, it, it was, it was very, it's very rewarding. And we still talk about their, their business and how well it's doing. And they're learning that as all business owners are, are, are doing, they're always learning and growing and team building. And it's a, it's an incredibly uh, rewarding um, journey for for entrepreneurs. Well, Christian Brothers is a highly respected brand, and knowing more about it now through you, I see why. Well, I appreciate that. They they do a great job. They do certainly do a great job. Although now you're high flying in a different uh, business, you've <laughs> so you 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 helped Christian Brothers become. Uh, who they are, you played a role in it, and you you learned from it, and then and then what happened next? You're now you're flying around inside of a wind tunnel somewhere. What's going on? <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, so I, today I have the uh, the pleasure to serve as the chief franchise officer for Urban Air Adventure Park. And we are an indoor family theme park. So uh, very different from automotive repair and serving customers in their car. This is uh, what I would say when families want to get out of the house, but they want to do it in a climate controlled environment and, and let their kids 
have fun doing active play, they come to Urban Air. And so we were, the last two years, Urban Air has been awarded by Entrepreneur Magazine as the number one entertainment franchise. Um, and we're on, we're most recently been ranked the 80th um, best franchise in their Franchise 500 list. So we're very proud of those, those accolades. But the, the whole experience and the environment there, Jeff, is energy filled, it's exciting. We've got a business within a business with our cafe, which is a, a full food and beverage offering. So the the investor, the entrepreneur, the franchisee for an urban air has the opportunity to come in and and essentially almost have a diversified investment in their unit because they have a business within a business. So our franchisees are are looking to help drive uh, guests to come through and have a safe fun and uh, fun experience where they they can zip line they can climb walls they can certainly they can jump if they want that's a smaller uh, portion of our business today but as you said they could they can jump in a wind tunnel and do indoor skydiving in a much more affordable way than uh, one of our competitors in the market and there's a two-story indoor go-kart tracks uh, so just a just anything you or I would have killed for when oh we were uh, when we were kids, 10, 11, 12 years old. We would have loved something like this. I, I have the great pleasure of being a part of creating those environments today. So I'm, I'm, it's a lot of fun. It's a, it certainly is a lot of fun. What have you learned about leadership as you considered making this change from a place that I imagine you were very comfortable and you identified with, and now you are again taking a chance to be somewhere that's less established at the time. You're you're going to be uncomfortable. You've got a bigger role, so you're you're shouldering more of the burden. How did you think about your leadership approach to Urban Air? Yeah, so uh, I'm just going to rewind slightly to kind of to answer that question. So knowing in in each each step of our growth at Christian Brothers and my personal growth and professional growth as a leader within that organization I was always looking to learn a new learn a new skill and and what I now know is called scope creep and 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 beginning to see how I can serve in a in a new role so consumer marketing was part of that franchise relations so launched our our national marketing fund and our franchise advisory council at christian brothers that gave me a good taste of of helping to build an ongoing relationship with franchisees um, took over the real estate responsibility at christian brothers and then finally the construction development uh, was was made the chief development officer in 2018. when i when I, I moved into that role, Jeff, and started building out a, a leadership team. I also felt like I, Mark had been a phenomenal mentor to me as CEO and founder of that company. I also knew I needed a little bit more help outside of that to grow as a leader. So I had, uh, I had some mentors within our industry, the franchise industry, but I, I took it upon myself to hire an executive coach at that point. And so that was, um, I, I would say, a catalyst for me to help think about growing each of my team members, each of my vice presidents, 
directors, managers. Um, we had a had a larger team by this point, so I couldn't. I needed to move out of actually the tactical and move more into strategic rolling. Uh, excuse me, a strategic role. But I recognized I didn't have some of the the skills and the tools to do that well. It was it was clunky. So that coach helped me develop some of those skills, some of the routines that I still use today a couple of years later. Um, but making the transition in 2019, my wife and I sat down and kind of set out and plotted a course that we thought was going to take about four to five years to transition roles. Um, I worked with my coach to uh, develop a decision grid. So what I wanted, I knew uh, there were brands that were starting to reach out to me and asking just an interest in coming to help them grow in different roles. I wanted to be very respectful to them and of course to Christian brothers. And so we wanted to create a grid that said, if a, a company and a role meets some of these, if, if not all of these characteristics, we want to say, yes, we're interested. Let's have another conversation and go through a process. If it didn't, I wanted to politely say, no, thank you. Or perhaps you should talk with this individual or that individual and help refer them to some other talented individuals within our, our network. And so January of 19, last year, we set out to build out, build this together. And I, I told my coach, I said, this is going to be our goal for 20 or excuse me for 2019 by the end of the year we're going to have this defined grid and use it in the next two to three years uh, we drafted our first draft before we we went to ifa in february of 2019 but my wife had and i had both uh, agreed on our top five characteristics of a role and then a friend of mine michael browning who is the founder and ceo of urban air I said, I'm coming to IFA this year. I'd love to, uh, can we do dinner? It was in Las Vegas. I said, absolutely. I love Michael. He's got great energy. He's a great visionary. And he's, and he would hate me saying this, but he's always, he, he's almost always the smartest guy in the room, but you would never know it. He's so humble. And, and so I was like, if I get an opportunity to spend a few hours with you, absolutely. So we, we got together, had a great dinner and, uh, it was very funny. He says the next night, um, hey, what are you doing? He texts me, hey, what are you doing? I said, I'm just hanging out. Uh, he said, well, why don't you come hang out with me? I want to introduce you to one of my board members. And he introduced me to a board member of his. Michael took on a capital partner in 2018 and was growing his executive team. And in the introduction, he introduces me to his board member and says to the board member, I spent three hours last night trying to convince Josh to join the the team at Urban Air, and I, I looked at him because he hadn't brought it up one time, and I said, "Well, if that was your intent, you got to you got to be a lot less subtle with me." And so we had a great laugh about it, and from there um, began a, a, a several month process um, of just really considering it, carving out a role that I think could be very effective for the brand and helpful to Michael and the team he was building around him, but also uh, very, uh, very helpful for me professionally and some of the things I wanted to do. Um, one of the more challenging things I've done in my career was was resigning as the chief development officer. I was I'd become a partner in the company. Um, and so going through that process of, of it was a, a good learning experience for me on several levels. But I will tell you to a person, um, I, I feel like 
Mark Carr, his family, and my colleagues that I had built relationships with treated me exceptionally well. They were so gracious to me. They knew that um, they knew that I want to continue to grow as a leader, looking for more opportunity to develop new skill sets and help um, other brands. And so they were they were so encouraging uh, to me in the transition that made it um, easier in making that transition and jump to Urban Air. And Michael and the and the whole team here at Urban Air and and the the owners of the company have been incredibly uh, supportive and encouraging as I've joined the team. I've now been been on the team for well over a year. So it's like dog years when we're growing like this, Jeff. So it's uh, I feel like a <laughs> I feel like a veteran, uh, but well, it's been a good transition. My wife shared something with me a long time ago that stuck with me. And she said, you can always tell a lot by the, by goodbyes. And when somebody's getting off the phone with you and how they say goodbye, and, and I apply that to how people leave a business and how companies react when a key person decides to move on. It says a lot about the organization as to how they manage that, how the people are treated. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a small world, especially in franchising. And our names travel farther than we ever do. And when you invariably, very few things are forever. So when people do choose to move on, I really respect people that finish impeccably. And I've had employees that were key people that helped me build a business. And when they decided to move on, I believe I got their best month like the mm-hmm. best month they've ever given and everything was tied down. And then at some point it's just like, okay, well now I'm, this has to stop, but, and, but they finished impeccably. And, and then I've also had the other experience where mm-hmm. people quit before they quit. And you, you, can, yeah. you, when you look back, you can see that they really hadn't been engaged for a month or two weeks or whatever it is. And so it just says a lot. I think it speaks a lot to your character and a, and a lot to, the value that you brought to that organization, and and uh, I'm glad that uh, that they're doing well because they've earned it, and so have you. So you, a Jeff. couple a couple final questions for you. Sure. What is the most important advice you would give to an aspiring entrepreneur? Hmm. So. It's a great question. I, I would say there are a couple of key places I would go from a, an advice set when talking to an aspiring entrepreneur. Um, number one, I believe to be able to take the type of risks that entrepreneurs need to be able to take, you need to have things locked down at, at home. And so from a personal finance standpoint, I think it's incredibly important for entrepreneurs to be living off of a budget. And and so I would start there, Jeff, and say, make sure things are good there because starting a new business or starting a new role or growing your company or acquiring a company, that takes risk and that's gonna create stress. That's going to create uh, oftentimes longer working hours than you might be used to. And it's gonna put tension on yourself and those around you that are closest to you, your spouse, your partner, 
it's that's going to be effective there or effectual there. So I think it's so important to make sure that personal finances at home are not something to be stressed over. The, the second thing I would say is I think it's important to have kind of going back to what we d- discussed earlier, w- referencing the IFA, being humble and asking questions. So I think looking for mentors around you um, and actually asking them to mentor you, I think is one thing that can be very important to an aspiring entrepreneur. And that's a, and today, in, in today's day and age, which I love the technological advances that we have, where we have podcasts, we have blogs, we have um, newsletters, and so much, so much information, of course, books, that help us grow as leaders. So oftentimes we can have a mentor without having a personal relationship with them. But I do think having a mentor with a personal relationship is equally important. Um, So having somebody, you know, when you're selecting a mentor, inviting a mentor to mentor you, I think it's, it's important to have somebody who cares about you, who's willing to make an investment of time, um, who will be able to tell you hard things because when you're an aspiring entrepreneur, you're going to have some great ideas and you're going to have some bad ideas. And it's important to have people around you that will tell you when an idea is not, not good. And so I think that mentor is, is somebody who you trust enough to tell you that and not be offended. Uh, you, might, you might get upset because you, you really like an idea, but when you know you trust that person's intent for you and your new company, your new idea – you listen and you can apply that and improve that idea um, as you move forward. I think hiring a coach is also something that's taking that mentorship and actually going a step further and saying, look, I need to make an investment of time and resources with someone who can help me develop a plan and professionalize whatever I'm trying to do. And, and so from that perspective, especially new entrepreneurs who may not have a board of advisors or a board of directors, hiring an executive coach, I, th- I think it's critically important to growing and developing. And certainly, very similar to a personal trainer, you, I think most of us know if we want to um, have a healthier lifestyle, we, we eat less, we exercise more. But we hire a personal trainer if we're trying to get there a little faster and create greater accountabilities. That's very similar to an executive coach who can help bring those accountabilities uh, more front and center for you. I think in addition, aspiring entrepreneurs, this is more of a personal, um, this is something I I learned from Mark. Um, When you're negotiating, when you're in a trade of some sort, don't look at the other person's side. I, I, I always I, I learn this and I believe it wholeheartedly. I think it's so important to to when we're negotiating, look for the win-win. And so if it's something you're happy with, don't don't get spoiled by trying to look at what the other person's getting. If they're happy with the trade and you're happy with the trade, great. It's a win-win and let's move forward. And so I, I think those are those are important aspects. There's a couple more, Jeff, that I would say that um, start to get into what type of leader you want to be. And so, to me, I think 
I think it's so important, especially as an entrepreneur, to be an encourager. So in, in, a, in a society that we have, especially right now with social media, the advent of social media, and really the volume of messaging that we get each and every day as, as humans, that's so it's negative it can be toxic even it's so important to be an encourager so look for opportunities to celebrate people look for opportunities to celebrate when something's done right and and lift those around you by being an encourager and you, you encourage with your words and your actions um and so I, and that i think helps combat the negative negativity that's out there um so Another piece I would say, John Maxwell's 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, I, law number one is the law of the lid. So as you're, as you're launching a new business, as you're growing a new business, you're acquiring another company or, or um, diversifying your, your business and adding a new revenue line, these are things that can be capped by your leadership acumen, so your skill. So the law of the lid is simple. Your effectiveness as a leader, and so your person, your team, your organization will be capped at the lid, the level of leadership you hold. So you've got to be pushing yourself. You've got to be growing. You've got to be reading and trying to increase your effectiveness and your influence as a leader. That will help your business as you're starting it up. That'll help your team as you're, as you're starting it up by, by recognizing you need to increase your lid, increase your effectiveness. And so the last thing I would say just from a advice to a new entrepreneur is, is very similar to that, but don't ever stop growing in your effectiveness as a leader. So I think that's those are some key advice points, Jeff. That I would say, um, I think are help. Or I hope would be helpful to an aspiring entrepreneur. Josh Wall, I have nothing to improve on that. Those are incredible words. One of the things I wrote down as you were talking throughout the course of our show today was the word curious, and you've maintained curiosity through mm. your career. I can see it in your story and I appreciate it in you. And I wanna thank you, Josh, for being on with us today. I think your words will encourage and inspire others. And again, uh, tell us how we can get in touch with you. Yeah, so, well, thank you, Jeff. Those are kind words. It's been a a pleasure visiting with you and thanks for the interest. Um, And certainly um, I try to maintain that curiosity. So. LinkedIn would be an easy way to get in touch with me. Uh, just linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Josh Wall, and you'll find my profile. And then uh, you can also see me on Twitter. Uh, my handle is at Josh Wall. Comb through the show and put any show notes appropriate so everybody can have access to the things that you've referenced here today. And with that, away we go. Thank you for tuning in to The Jeff Duden Show. Interested in learning more about something I referenced in the episode? Check out the show notes for links to content and more. If you enjoyed my podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. Until next week, you can find me at jeffduden.com. Thank you for listening.